0: All right. Well, uh, thank you for being here today at Byfield Parish on a, a pretty warm Sunday. Uh, we had a great week of BBS this week here at Byfield Parish. Uh, and I know a lot of people got out of town after that week of BBS. So hopefully, those people are getting some rest after a very busy week. And again, thank you for those that, that are continuing to worship here with us today. Last week's sermon focused on John chapter 14 verses 15 through 21. This is part of our cognitive behavioral theology sermon series in which we are focusing on the Holy Spirit. And this week we are sticking in the same chapter of John. John chapter 14. We will be reading verses 25 through 31. These verses deepen our knowledge of what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit the last week. The Holy Spirit is the helper sent us by God through Christ so that we can love and obey. Apart from the Spirit, we are incapable of doing either. We need the truth that only the Holy Spirit can provide. This week's text builds upon last week, so if you would please turn with me now, if you have not already done so, to John chapter 14, verses 25 through 31. Those verses can be found in the Pew Bible on page 847, they'll also be projected on the screen behind me. Hear the word of the Lord. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and go from here. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. The Holy Spirit helps us by teaching us. We need to be taught. Life will never stop throwing us curveballs. At every stage of life, we must learn something new that has dramatic Implications for our lives. We need to learn how to navigate the world, live with others, and be in relationship with God. You will sometimes hear an older person say that they are done learning. Now, any of us can refuse to learn. But doing so just means that we are moving forward in ignorance as we face new challenges. Everybody needs to learn until that moment at which we take our last breath. Even death itself is a learning process. It's it's not something we know how to do well naturally. Today, we are going to look at what the Holy Spirit teaches us so that we can learn to live and die as Jesus Christ, our Lord, did. The Holy Spirit teaches. What does the Holy Spirit teach? The Holy Spirit teaches all things. It is not unusual for people to plead that the Holy Spirit would teach them a specific thing that they don't know. Almost everyone has done this at one point or another. The classic version of this is the student who is unprepared for a test asking God to give them the answer. Does <laughs> anybody ever actually do this as like a middle or high school student? All right, Bill. Bill's stressing out that he did. And normally there's some sort of promise that goes with this, right? Dear God, like if you would just give me the answers to this algebra test. I, I promise, I promise that I will read the Bible every day. The adult version of this prayer is much the same. Lord, if you'll, if you'll just help me pass this licensing exam, I, pro, I promise I, I'll go to church, or dear Lord, if you'll, Help me have this conversation with my boss well. If you'll help me make this sale. If you'll give me the knowledge I need to do it, I will do whatever you ask. Often when this type of prayer is prayed, the results are, are frankly a little disappointing. The unprepared algebra student doesn't pass the test. The adult who was terrified about the licensing exam realizes God didn't give them any of the answers they didn't already know. Does this mean that the Holy Spirit is incapable of teaching us all things? No, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit's Algebra one is just stellar. If the Holy Spirit were to take the SATs, he would no doubt just do awesome. 1,600 or whatever the best score is now. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell us what we are capable of learning for ourselves. It's not a cheat code. God gave us minds that can learn all sorts of information. He expects us to use them. Over the past 500 years, there's been this tremendous expansion of knowledge. This has taken place in all areas of science and learning. If you could travel two to three hundred years back in time, the knowledge that you have would be revolutionary. If you went back two to three hundred years in time and said, hey guys, guess what? Diseases are caused by small microscopic organisms that you can't see, That that would blow people's minds. A modern person with a rudimentary knowledge in any area knows more than many experts did in the past. There are multiple people in this room right now that know more about the physics of how an airplane flies than the Wright brothers did. But despite this growth in human knowledge, our world is still a mess. Why is that? We can cure disease, but we don't know how to die well. We can fly around the world, but we don't know how to love the different people we find when we get there. The worldly knowledge humans can attain on their own, it's awesome, it's great, it's just not enough. For my PhD program at Boston College, I can go on these databases. And I can access an infinite amount of research and information about diseases and therapies and and every possible area of learning you can imagine. And yet the medical system is still broken. All this knowledge still can't fix the spiritual issues that underlie and contribute to the disease processes that keep the medical system from working as it should. The all things the Holy Spirit teaches, referred to in these verses, surpasses the knowledge that humans can readily attain on their own about the physical world. Our existence is spiritual as well as physical. It is the spiritual aspects of our existence that we struggle with the most think about the things that cause you the most distress in life it is your relationships with other people we struggle to incorporate All of our worldly knowledge into a way of living that leads to the best possible outcomes. Part of the reason people enjoy hobbies like knitting, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, gardening, and golf is that in those spaces, everything makes sense. There's a set of rules, a set of guidelines, but that's not the real. World, It's a break from the real world, that's fine, but it's not the real world. In Romans 7, 15 through 20, Paul talks about his struggles to understand himself spiritually. He writes, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good... Paul makes clear, he doesn't even really understand with himself. He's wrestling with himself. We are all in the same situation. If we fully understood ourselves spiritually, we could live perfectly. We don't, so we can't. As much as we struggle to know ourselves spiritually, we struggle To know others even more. To some extent, the people that you are closest to will still never make sense to you. There will always be some aspect of them that you can't understand. And and this is true even even in a relationship like marriage. Do you ever have this moment, those of you that are married, that you look at the person next to you and you're just like, what's going on in there? Don't look at your spouse. Look look else. Some people are like intentionally, like it's like a dog in trouble. Like look anywhere else, all right? I am confronted by my lack of knowledge of others frequently. From my perspective, the people I interact with are often behaving bizarrely and in nonsensical ways. But I know from their perspective, they're doing what seems right to them in that moment. A lack of spiritual understanding keeps us from being able to use our worldly knowledge in productive ways. The Holy Spirit has all spiritual knowledge. He has complete awareness of what the spiritual factors are that underlie every human decision. The Spirit knows how each of us was made. He had a role in it. The Holy Spirit Knows our traumas and our sins. The Spirit has the full knowledge of God. This means God is known to the Spirit. God is a pretty significant variable for us to be aware of. The Holy Spirit teaches all things, especially spiritual things. We need the knowledge the Holy Spirit has. He teaches us about ourselves, others, and God. It is through this knowledge that we can discern how to live our lives each day. Every day brings new challenges that we need the Holy Spirit to teach us to navigate. What the Holy Spirit teaches will always align with Jesus' teaching. It will not be limited to Jesus' teaching. Referring to what the Holy Spirit will teach, Jesus says, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. A lot of Jesus' teaching is recorded in the Gospels, although in some sense the whole Bible is a testament of Jesus Christ. When we are in need, the Holy Spirit can remind us of what we already know. It is important to recognize that the Holy Spirit helps us to remember. This implies that we already have had some exposure to the teaching of Jesus that the Holy Spirit is reminding us of. That's why Christians read the Bible and memorize Scripture, much like algebra or any other knowledge. The Holy Spirit is capable of communicating biblical truth to us, that we should already be familiar with, but we should make an effort to know the Bible so the Spirit can help us remember. One of the great privileges I have as the pastor here at Byfield Parish is preparing sermons. And and I find this happens in my preparation for sermons. I'll I'll be preparing and I'll be focused on one particular text and the Holy Spirit will bring to my mind another related text that that helps clarify what the text I'm actually studying is saying. And and for me, these aha moments are one one of the great, great parts of being a pastor. The Holy Spirit helps us remember Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit will also not go against Jesus' words. This is an important guardrail to keep in mind. It is not unusual for people to claim that the Holy Spirit is telling them to do something. Any such claim must be judged by Scripture. If it goes against biblical truth, then it is not from the Holy Spirit. Many of the failures of the charismatic movement are a result of people Doing things that go against scripture, which they claim were initiated by the Holy Spirit. Falsely claiming an action we choose to undertake was initiated by the Holy Spirit. It's a big deal. At a minimum, and we talked about this last week, it's it's really using the Lord's name in vain. But there are circumstances where it goes beyond them. If I say the Holy Spirit wants me to do something that is not from the Holy Spirit, I'm really guilty of false prophecy. Now, in the Old Testament, false prophecy was punishable by death. We don't live under that law anymore, but nonetheless, the claim that the Holy Spirit is telling us to do a certain act should not be made flippantly. First John 4, 1 John 4.1 tells us we are to test spiritual impulses to ensure they are from God. Part of the way we test them is by comparing them with what has been made clear in the Bible. The Holy Spirit will not contradict Jesus. This doesn't mean the Holy Spirit only quotes Jesus. The Spirit interprets the unchanging truths of Scripture in the unique situations we face. In our lives, we face new challenges every day. Now, at times, there's a large amount of overlap between the challenges we face and what Scripture has to say. We all interact daily with individuals that our culture gives us permission to disregard. When this happens, the parable of the Good Samaritan has obvious implications, right? Every person that we come into contact with is our neighbor. Jesus says that we are supposed to love our neighbors. That's that's a lot of overlap. For us, the challenge arises when we are trying to figure out what it actually means. What does that actually mean in my circumstances to love my neighbor. Back in college, I lived in this house with roommates. And probably any of you that have ever, ever had roommates have had this situation. One of my roommates was, was kind of worthless, right? He was, he was a nice guy. But when it came to like helping out around the house, it wasn't great. And one of the ways he wasn't great was he was often late on his rent. So for me, what does it mean for me to love my neighbor? My roommate is my neighbor. What does it mean to love my roommate in this situation where he is always late on his rent? Should I have forgiven his rent as an act of grace? Should I have paid it for him? Or maybe I should kick him out to teach him a lesson. He wouldn't have been homeless. His parents lived relatively close by. He could have gone and lived with them. I could penalize him with extra fees or work around the house. Chewing him out was an option. I honestly don't remember what I ended up doing. The point is that the general command to love one's neighbor is a challenge in the particular circumstances we face. We don't know how to do it. For the spiritually gray scenarios that arise in life all the time, We need the guiding light of the Holy Spirit to live like Christ. The Spirit of God is associated with wisdom throughout Scripture. When the original deacons were selected in Acts 6, individuals were sought who were filled with the Spirit and wisdom. The two go together. Because they knew being a deacon would require not just knowing the Bible but having the discernment to act in ambiguous situations. For Christians to live wisely, the Holy Spirit must be teaching us how to live. We are not up to the task on our own. Our tendency will be to become legalistic rule followers due to a reasonable fear That we cannot be trusted or to be libertines that live as if every desire we have is a spiritual impulse that can be trusted. When our lives are aligned with the teaching of the Holy Spirit, we will have peace moving through this world. To this point in today's sermon, we have focused on verses 25 and 26 of the text. Verse 27 is a result of the teaching of the Holy Spirit already described. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. The peace of Christ is a product of the Holy Spirit's presence. Think about what takes away peace in your life. We lack peace when we are focused on the trials of this world. Sickness, wars, and financial hardship, they lead to a lack of peace. These worldly struggles are what our mental state is normally based on. The Holy Spirit helps us to see the things that take away our peace the same way Jesus did. We need not worry operating from a heavenly perspective leads to peace. The peace of the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. Everything that you put your hands on in this world will eventually turn to dust. Health, beauty, intellect, and wealth will all eventually fade and disappear. If your life is based on controlling worldly things you have a lot of reason for anxiety because it's just a matter of time before those things slip through your fingers. The gift of the Holy Spirit given by Jesus will not disappear. We don't have to worry about losing the Holy Spirit. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The Holy Spirit teaches us to move through this world with the spiritual perspective Jesus had. In these verses, Jesus knows what is about to happen to him. He knows he is leaving this world. He knows he will no longer be with the disciples, his friends, he will suffer. He also knows what is happening spiritually. He's going to God, the Father, the ruler of this world, has no claim on him. There is no absolute spiritual barrier keeping Christians today from knowing what Jesus knew. We have the spirit. We know our time in this world is brief. Suffering is inevitable. The ruler of this world will see us as enemies. We must remember the Holy Spirit is always with us, teaching us. We can have peace through the Holy Spirit. Whatever trials we must confront, the Spirit will teach us how to overcome them as Jesus Christ did if if we will listen. I happened upon a quote in preparation for this sermon that I think sums up pretty well how people learn. Benjamin Franklin said, tell me and I forget, teach me and I may remember, involve me and I learn. God knows that humans, we can't just be told what is true. We need to be taught. This is what Jesus did during his time on this earth. The Bible teaches us as well. The Holy Spirit teaches by reminding and involving. He makes us active participants in the spiritual learning process. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot learn what we need to know spiritually. With Him, we can learn all that we need to know to live as Jesus Christ did. We can see the world spiritually. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to learn. We are people that are constantly in need of learning. We need to learn about ourselves. We need to learn about you. We need to learn how to love others, Lord. And these are daily challenges in our lives. I pray that you would be with us, that that we would be aware of your Spirit's presence, that we would be willing to learn. And that through that learning, we might move through our world more like our Savior, Jesus Christ, did with peace and wisdom. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.